Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question, how do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled Justin Bieber. To begin, I want to introduce our sponsors. Firstly, Syndicate Strategies, a full-service marketing agency owned and operated by two Catholic business partners for over 25 years. Syndicate can help connect businesses to customers using the most current technology. They can help you create powerful, engaging websites and e-commerce stores that bring results. Find out what Syndicate can do for you at sinstrat.com saints. That's sinstrat.com saints. If you're like me and you like to wear your faith on your sleeve, I invite you to check out The Catholic Company, a one-stop shop for resources that will help you grow in your Catholic faith. They understand the importance of truth, goodness, and beauty. From rosaries to books to statues to clothing, The Catholic Company has it all. Use code gotta be saints for 15% off your order. That's code gotta be saints, all one word, for 15% off. The Catholic Company, because faith matters. I have with me today, truly it only makes sense on the topic of Justin Bieber, Sarah Abdullah, also Sarah Beaky before that. Sarah, it is so good to have you here. I am so happy to be here. (laughs) Sarah is a friend of mine from college. I'll read off her bio and then I'll say what I feel like needs to be said. Uh, She was born and raised in Orange County, California. She attended Franciscan University and studied communication arts and theology. And after graduation, she began working at J. Sarah Catholic High School in the marketing department. After a year, she moved into campus ministry and has been there for the past four years. She's married and has a cute little son, and she just loves spending time with her family, going on walks and cooking. Uh, Sarah and I were friends in the communications department, met pretty early on from your time at Franciscan. Uh, Everyone liked Sarah when she came to Franciscan. Uh, and she's one of the funnest people you'll ever meet and just really hilarious with all of her little things. Um, she did something in college called what going live streaming live streaming live. Sorry. (laughs) So before streaming services were really popular before Facebook had Facebook live or Instagram had Instagram live, Sarah B was going live (laughs) and everyone either loved it or hated it, but they all knew about it. (laughs) They all knew about it and it was great. Um, So Sarah and I have been friends for uh, years and years and it's a joy to have you here today uh, to chat on this topic. And, you know, I think, I'm sure you've just been dying to share all your Justin Bieber knowledge on a a podcast. I mean, it's it's probably been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment, truly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry it's not a more popular podcast. No, I think anyone that knows me and sees that this is the title, it just, no one's going to be surprised, really. No, they won't. So we'll make sure that (laughs) all of your friends get this. So Becca, it's coming your way. Jill, it's coming your way. (laughs) (laughs) We're streaming. (laughs) The whole crew. Um, But anyway, thank you again for being on the podcast. Uh, It's a joy to have you here. But I guess to begin, can you just share your story a little bit in connection with the topic? Like, why are we even talking about Justin Bieber? And um, just share, I guess, your story and then also what you know about JB. 
Yeah. So uh, as Brennan said, I am Sarah and I was born and raised in a Catholic family in Southern California in Orange County. Um, So it's just like an hour south of Los Angeles. Um, And my family was always a Sunday mass going family. Um, But I always went to public school. So I was pretty much like the only Catholic person I ever really knew growing up. Um, And I ended up going through high school, kind of having my, uh, my steps away from the faith. I always believed and it was always important to me, but I think a lot of times I would just kind of justify sin by like, I'm 18, I'm going to do what I want. Um, And the year after high school, I went to one year of community college, um, was kind of a rough year. And then, you know, of course, this is a long story short, I had um, the the question posed to me as who do, you know, who is the woman that God wants you to be? Um, and so in thinking about that question, I ended up transferring to Franciscan University and had uh, an intellectual conversion, a conversion with, through the Holy Spirit. My whole life basically changed. I met amazing people and really just threw myself into to the faith and learning about it. Um, and then that projected me forward to campus ministry after, which I've been, been at, as Brendan said, for the past four years. Um, and so the way that, you know, Justin Bieber fits in to all of this is that 15 year old me was on YouTube and I saw a video of Justin Bieber singing and my life changed. And that was the moment. Was it, was it baby, baby? What, what song it was, was him it? singing with you, you know, um, Chris Brown. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I knew, you, I knew you would know what video it was though. So that's why. Oh I yeah. It was legendary moment. And so honestly, <laughs> A year, maybe after that, he performed. So I, I, as I said, live in Orange County. And for some reason, he was performing for free at my local mall in the parking lot. And I went and saw him perform like in, he was wearing like skinny jeans and a sweatshirt singing his songs. And I just like lost it, you know, love the JBs. And so Um, the crazy thing I think really about, you know, him and me, it was, I really loved him. You know, I was always a fan, but it kind of just became like my shtick, you know, like everyone knew I loved the Biebs. And so, um, it was this mixture of people giving me the hope that I could really, I could really get him. Like one day I really could marry him because he was like at my mall next, next thing we knew he was playing laser tag at the, the local laser tag thing down the block. You know, he was kind of coming and going in our, like in my city. And I thought, guys, oh my gosh, like this can happen for me. Like I'm going to, I'm going to love Justin Bieber for the rest of my life. Like he's mine. And so I think that was kind of the, um, the, the fuel to the flame of my Bieber fever, um, that, that, you know, people really believed that I was going to end up with him. So, uh, that is me and that is my Justin Bieber story. And it's kind of just been with me since, you know, I was 15. So we're going on over almost 15 years. It's a long time of my life. <laughs> I love it. And just to give context to anyone at home, you know, Sarah came to Franciscan as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And I just remember her having a Justin Bieber blanket. And still have it. Yeah, I mean, it was with you <laughs> a lot of times. I mean, it was it, it traveled common, with me. <laughs> it was common to see you with a Justin Bieber blanket. And jokingly. Uh, before we started recording, Sarah was saying to me that her husband was not happy to hear that the topic was Justin Bieber. He's a nope. 
He's like shaking his head in the other room. <laughs> he's very much. I'll, I'll say this. My husband was in the seminary for five years before we met. And he missed the, the very important peak of Justin's career where he actually became kind of normal and cool. And so when he entered the seminary, all guys hated Justin Bieber. And then he came out and he still has that feeling. You know what I mean? Which I think he missed out on a lot. He so really you just did. understand. He really did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I guess my to to before we get into the next question, mm-hmm. could you let's say someone's listening to this and doesn't know anything about Justin Bieber? Mm-hmm. Um, so what what we're trying to talk about here today is not just Sarah's love for him, but kind <laughs> of the arc of Justin Bieber's uh, life, because the reality is. If it's good or bad, which we're going to get to, Justin Bieber is a cultural icon and a lot of people look up to him. And yet some people might not know his his story. Mm-hmm. And who better to share just a little bit about that than you? So mm-hmm. in however long or short you want to give, can you just kind of present the Justin Bieber story yeah. um, to people listening at home? Yeah. So he grew up in Canada. His mom gave birth to him when she was like, you know, 17, she was a single mother. And he basically grew up in a home with his mom and his grandparents. Um, and so in his fame, he's always identified as being, you know, Christian, even from his very early videos, um, er, you know, early interviews, excuse me, he would say, you know, that he believes in God and, you know, Jesus died for his sins. I I've seen interviews of him, like when he was maybe 17, 16, saying these things. Um, and so he's always identified as a Christian, but as we all know, you know, fame really got to him and he just took the turn for the worst and has had problems with drugs and drinking has said, you know, that he was addicted to sex, things like that. And just his life was basically a mess. Um, making a lot of mistakes, getting arrested, things like that. And then um, in the past few years, he's really given his life over to Christ and has been really public about um, going to church and having a pastor and hanging out with Hillsong all the time. Um, But then even more so in the past two years, he got engaged and married. um, But you've noticed a very serious change in his life and in the way that he's using his fame to uh, talk about Jesus, talk about his faith and, um, has really claimed it as, you know, his own, instead of saying, you know, just that he is Christian, um, kind of like blanketly, he seems to really be devoting his life to Christ and is just very, very public about it, especially on Instagram. Um, and any interview really he's in, he's always talking about Jesus and his faith these days. So, Mm. well, that goes well into, you know, kind of my next question Mm -hmm. for you. Clearly, God has been at work in his life. I mean, of course, God's at work in all of our lives, but there's been a direct, as you mentioned, you know, direct shift in kind of his life and seemingly the person he was and now currently Mm -hmm. is and hopefully the person he's going to become. Um, But I guess I I would love to ask you, in your opinion, is JB really a good role model for kids today? And maybe this is, you know, something we will get into more with more questions, but I'd love to just hear your opinion on that. Yeah. And you know, that's a good question. And I, I almost struggle answering it because I think that it's a twofold, like 
no, I don't think I want to look at my son and say, John Paul, like, I want you to be just like Justin Bieber. You know, I don't think that in that sense, I, I think he's a good role model, but I do think that in finding his own faith and in such a public sphere, it's cool to see him be very boldly, you know, boldly proclaiming like, okay, this is who I believe in. It's Jesus. And he's died for my sins. And, um, that's really cool to use his platform in that way. Um, but I, I know we're going to go into this, you know, it's just, it's hard for me at the same time for him to, for me to get on board with him in the sense that he says things like, I love Jesus, but you know, organized religion is, is not the answer. And, you know, all you need is Jesus. And he'll say like, he'll even say, you know, I'm not, um, Christian, I'm, I'm spiritual and I'm a Jesus follower. Like, and so I think that there's a little bit of, you know, it just irks me a lot the the wrong way in those aspects where I think, okay, you know, he's trying and he's being a, a good role model in a sense of using his platform for the good. But at the same time, I'm not going to, hope that my son is you know gonna praise his name you know yeah his name. <laughs> yeah no I think that's a really good distinction to to hear for anyone who's listening to this and is not as familiar with JB as you might yeah. be um and, and like you said you just mentioned that he does love Jesus he but he doesn't love organized religion mm-hmm. uh, most of the people who listen to this are Catholic and so I would ask as Catholics how do you think we speak truth to this for people who are are actually in agreement with him, or at least, um, you know, feel like maybe there's something there? Yeah. Well, it's this is my biggest issue with him. <laughs> I think it it is my biggest issue. I think I I definitely as a Catholic, you know, I'm most passionate about the fact that we have the truth, like capital T truth, and. I think that sometimes as Catholics, we want to not be as bold in saying that. Um, but I think it's important as you believe something, I, I think you should want to say, this is the truth. This is the only truth. And I'm, I'm giving my life to it. So I, there's nothing proud or wrong in you saying that this is the only way. So when I see him going out and telling millions of people like, organized religion isn't the way. Well, it boils my blood, you know, because I'm thinking, wow, it makes me so sad that you don't know. You know, that one quote that I believe it's Fulton Sheen, where he says, you know, there aren't a million people in the world that hate the Catholic church, but there are a million people that hate what they think the Catholic church is, something along those lines. I love that quote because he doesn't know, you know, he's speaking against organized religion, which I can only think he means, you know, Catholicism and things of such. Um, and I feel like personally attacked or I'm like, Justin, you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> because there really is so much beauty. And so in answering your question, you know, speaking truth to this, I think, you know, it's a very important thing to identify that in scripture, it clearly says, you know, Jesus says to Peter upon this rock, I will build my church. And throughout scripture, we see, you know, that the church is there. He's giving us this gift to guide us and to instruct us. And it's not, okay, simply the words that you're writing down is the only thing I'm giving you. No, he's like giving us the Holy Spirit through, you know, his church to, to be this authority. And um, I, you know, I, I think there, it is a, such a misunderstanding in the church and in especially like church fathers, early church teachings, writings, um, all of that. I don't think like a Protestant 
person really knows. You know, I when I read St. Justin the Martyr's uh, celebration of the Eucharist, that's in um, the Liturgy of the Hours. I was reading the Liturgy of the Hours. I know it's probably elsewhere. It's like in a book or something. No, no, no. That's but... the only place. Justin Martyr, <laughs> what day was his feast? Was it Monday? I I don't know. Was it? No, it wasn't Monday. Actually, it was Tuesday, I'm not Tuesday, sure. I but I remember reading that for the first time and thinking that St. Justin was alive, you know, in 150 AD. And he is writing essentially the exact order of how we celebrate the mass today. Give that to Justin Bieber. How do you explain that? How do you, you know, how do you not see the beauty in the tradition that the church has laid out for us? And, um, you know, that to me, it just, it makes me kind of come alive because I feel like it makes me sad that someone like him or, you know, a lot of other Christians aren't, they just don't know, you know, they don't know the beauty in the early church and how, you know, this tradition has formed, you know, such a, such a beautiful gift being the church and, um, all the gifts that it gives us, you know, and I think that that's something that I would communicate that, it isn't, you know, as beautiful and as good as the Bible is, there is so much more beauty and, and depth to the faith. Um, and that Christ gave us, you know, he gave us these things. And so I wouldn't want anyone to be denied of that. Mm, yeah. I think you're, you're spot on. Is there, so I, I, I'm speaking, people at home might not know this, but I know that the school you, you work at mm-hmm. is definitely taken on a Catholic identity. Mm-hmm. And yet it's also a theater school for great athletes. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like on that level? I mean, I, I'm assuming most of what you just said is what you would tell the students, but is there anything yeah. else that you might speak, you know, once you have a relationship with someone, because um, I'm sure there's a bunch of students at your school who, you know, aren't Catholic mm-hmm. and are there and receiving, you know, relig- going to these classes for, you know, the faith and yeah. yet, don't necessarily believe it or just see it as, you know, a credit to get right. or a class they have to take to graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, is this pretty much what you would say to them or is there anything else that you'd go into depth with once you have a relationship with them? Yeah. You know, the beauty of the school that I work at is that we are very unapologetically Catholic. So I never feel like even to the, you know, those that are, we have students at our school that are Mormon, that are Muslim, that are atheist, that are Protestant, everything under the sun, there's a student that I have spoken to, you know, of this, of this matter. And I think, you know, it's important to, I think, identify that Christ, you know, for me, I think I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed my life. And a lot of our students have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. They have an encounter with the Lord. Um, and you know where that is? On retreat, in adoration. We will have, my. we have such a big retreat program. And it's something that blows me away, like time and time again, that we will have a four-day retreat of games and talks and all these activities and And the one thing that they walk away with loving the most, no matter who they are and what faith they have, is they love adoration. Because when you put them in front of Jesus in the Eucharist, I mean, you know, what more can I say? I can't say anything better than he can, you know, and recognizing that I think so many of our students, they recognize that there is something different and that the room changes, you know, the that the feeling of that changes, you know, in just the room and, and, 
Um, and that to me, I think, you know, it's really not much. I can't, I can't, you can't really like, how much can you convince someone? You can't change someone's heart, um, yeah. but he can, you know? And so encouraging, we just encourage them to, you know, give their lives to the Lord in honest prayer, um, especially in adoration. And I, I just really believe that, especially with like Justin Bieber, the thing I think of is if he is going to search for the truth, he will find it, you know? And if you really are looking for the truth, like I believe that you will land in the Catholic faith. I really, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I always look at Corinthians and the first thing that is said is love is patient. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at one John four, eight, God is love. So put it mm-hmm. together. God is yeah. patient. The first thing Paul wants to remind us is God is patient. He is always going to be searching for us and he's always going to be there with his hands open, kind of inviting us in. And so if we're searching for truth, he will help us to find it. Yeah. Uh, I like absolutely. that. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment to think about. Um, absolutely. I guess my my next question that I kind of want to ask you is, you know, kind of going along with this, um, Justin Bieber is someone that not only you love and have grown to love, but he's got how many followers on Instagram? I'm assuming it's like 50 million, probably. Yeah, millions. Um, something ridiculous like that. And so with that being said, I think, you know, there's this reality that a lot of young people look up to celebrities but also probably in a real sense, idolize them. Mm-hmm. And I just had to look up how many followers he I has. Was looking at them too. He has 176 <laughs> million followers. Oh, you know, man. this man has the ability to impact more people than uh, very, I mean, there are maybe 20 people in the world that have that impact. Yeah. And so I, I mentioned that, you know, people come to follow these people and some, some idolize them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree with that, that some people idolize actors and actresses? And then with that being said, why do you think that is mm-hmm. or isn't? You know, yeah, I definitely do. Cause I, and I think that it's so easy to, um, in our, in our time, because Instagram, you know, is everything. And when you're seeing, all of your, you know, celebrities, your famous actors and actresses living their lives. You see the money, the clothes, the parties, the trips, the travel, you know, whatever, and you want it. So of course it's like, it's interesting to look into their lives and to want it and to think that, um, you know, that they have the answer. And I think, you know, it's crazy when you see, you know, for example, like Justin Bieber will grow out his hair all nasty. And next thing you know, like that's what all the kids in high school are doing. It's crazy to think the they influence... just didn't want to shower, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably that too. Probably that too. They were just looking okay. for an excuse. <laughs> but it's just like, I mean, you know, Kim Kardashian does one thing and like then all the girls are, you know what I mean? It's just like the, the influence they have is insane. And so I think like people do idolize them and think that, okay, you know, what what they're doing and what what you know how they're acting what they're saying that is what I want to do too and I think people um it's you're easily grounding yourself in these people that are just human like they're just human um and I think that's where it's also you get really lost because say they fall 
and you are idolizing, you know, whoever, and they're doing something bad, then all of a sudden, everything that you've placed in them is gone too, because it's just a human, you know, and it's, I don't even know if that made sense. But you know, it's just you can't trust that. But I definitely think it's done. And I think even more so, we live in a time where you get to know, like every intimate detail that these celebrities are doing. They're posting stories or posting pictures. So never before have you felt more connected. Like I felt like I knew Justin Bieber because I was watching him all the time. You know, you get this like inside scoop into their lives because of social media. So it tricks you into thinking you have a kind of a monopoly on their life. Like, you know, what's going on, you know, what they like, you know, what stores they go to, what things they eat because they're showing you. And so it's this very weird situation we are in right now. And I think it, it is easy to fall into and it's easy to um, be influenced by them. And essentially, you know, I think a lot of people do idolize them. And I think it's, uh, you know, you said, why is that the case? Well, it's the case because I think so much of our generation does not know their identity. You know, you everyone's trying to figure out who they are. And when you are looking at these people, you know, that's, they think that that's what they want. And I think that's what they want to be. Um, but when you don't know that you are a son or daughter of God, then it's easy to place that worth in other areas, you know, in this world. So. Mm. Well, I want to, I want to conclude this first part, but I be, I, I don't want to leave it just on that. Okay. Um, I, I guess I just kind of want to ask you, and this wasn't one of the questions I sent you. So I, apologize for that. But as I, as I look at that and we talk about the idolization, why is that the case? Um, is there, you know, is there any direct, and we'll talk more about this, I think in part two, but just, is there any cure for, for this that you think is, um, an easy fix or at least just something to, to sit with, you know, because I think Mm -hmm. people listening to this, um, they, there are many men and women who, you know, idolize actors and actresses, but mm-hmm. there are many men and women who idolize other people. And we can talk more about mm-hmm. that into episode two. I think that would be a great uh, introduction, but, you know, regardless of who it is, you know, we idolize people or things. And w- what do you think the, the, the solution is, if any, other than just drawing into to him who is yeah. our God? Yeah. I mean, I, I think if we knew that, you know, it would be done if there was an easy fix. I think that distancing yourself from the media um, is probably one of the biggest things because I find, you know, myself just, if you are wrapped up in following a certain influencer or something like that, you know, it's so easy to get lost. It's really easy to get lost in the media and, and, just in social media in general. Um, And so finding, I think, a healthy distance between, okay, this is my life and my present and that my phone and the world that is on my phone is not really important at all, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to give you anything. Um, It's how is it, I think to reflect really is how is it adding to your life? That's something that I like to ask myself. Like if I am following a certain person how are they feeding me? Because if they're not, then I don't want to be following them, you know? And um, 
I just think that's something that I currently, I currently have been having to check myself a lot, especially during Lent. I did that. I like unfollowed basically everyone. And it was so I could stop looking at my media feed. You know, now Except I like gotta be saying, I know I kept following you. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I did, <laughs> but it was like, you know, I just, I knew that even if I like redownloaded it, I didn't want a thousand things to be back on my phone, even though like, I still love, you know, and everyone it's but like social media gives us a false sense of connection. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it feels like we know what's going on with everybody and you feel like you, you know, you're, you're close and you're friends, but you're really not. And, um, and that's sad. There's a, there's a good and there's a bad and, and, you know, it's, it's hard to find the balance, but I think just really checking in on your intentions really. Yeah. Is a well, I, I, this, this is just going with what you just said. Cause I, I will never forget it. I was talking to a friend of both of ours. I won't mention her name, uh, but we were talking and she was telling me she was speaking to her mom. And as she was talking to her mom, her mom asked her, you know, how things were going. And she started telling her mom about somebody she followed on social media about their life and said, so-and-so just had a kid, blah, blah, blah. Um, And this just happened in this person's life. And her mom said, oh, so you talked to them and Uh, this friend of ours just said, no, actually, I didn't. I actually just saw it on social media. And after that conversation with her mom, this person like deleted her Facebook the next day because she was like telling me, you know, later on, she was just like, Mm -hmm. it was such a problem because I felt like, as you were mentioning, I had this connection to these people and I don't either, firstly, I don't know them well, you know, how many people Mm -hmm. do we follow on social media that we have Mm -hmm little to no connection to and secondarily it was like and even if I do why haven't I picked up the phone and chatted with them and granted I think you and I can both attest that the reality is you cannot be close with every person in your Mm -hmm. life I mean you and I haven't chatted at length in a long time and yet Mm -hmm. we're still friends and you know we still Mm -hmm. I I appreciate that social media provides updates you know there's something good about that and yet there's still a reality of I wouldn't sit here and pretend if someone said, how is Sarah? I wouldn't sit there and pretend that I can give an adequate answer to that and vice versa. And Mm -hmm. yet that's so easy to do with social media. So I know that's kind of a little bit of a a side, but I think it's Mm -hmm. important to mention that, you know, as we look at this conversation about Justin Bieber, I think social media becomes a big part of it. And we have to look at the influence that, uh, people who have a presence on there have on our lives and and just checking ourselves at the door and also checking our friendships in general mm-hmm. we can tell more about what some celebrity has going on in our life than we can tell about maybe somebody who lives down the hall from us yeah and that is uh if you're living at home i mean and that <laughs> is something to be said and probably something to think about a little bit more yeah absolutely um any more thoughts on what we just talked about? If not, we will end this first part of our conversation. Yeah, no. Perfect. Well, thank you, Sarah, of course, for joining. This has been a great pleasure and I look forward to Thank you. Two. And me too.